welcome back to In the Note. I'm your host, Natalie Rademacher. And I'm podcast reporter, Jessica Toledo. You might notice, new podcast team this semester. Completely new team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're both brand new to podcasting, so we don't really know what we're doing yet, but figuring it out. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our old producer, Luke Diamond, who has a fantastic podcast name, by the way, is off in the military, and our reporter, Tiffany Bowie, is off at NPR. Whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. Doing great things. Mm-hmm. But we're excited to be here. Um, This is my very first like semester at the Daily, so go easy on me. You got this. We're happy you're here. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Be really good. Okay. Let's get to the news. We recently sat down in the studio with Minnesota Daily reporters Faramira. I'm a communities reporter here at the Daily on the campus activities desk. And Zhang Li. My name is Zhang Li, and I cover international students for the Daily. Farah and Zhang have been following the University of Minnesota and students and how they respond to recent tensions between the United States and Iran. To provide us with some background on the conflict, here is University of Minnesota anthropology professor William Beeman. Um, I've been working working in the Middle East for over 40 years, uh, and I've been uh, involved with Iran since I was a teenager, really, since 1968. Earlier this month, a Ukraine passenger jet was shot down after being misidentified as a cruise missile flying over Tehran, according to Iranian officials. There was a, a Ukrainian uh, uh, commercial air flight that uh, took off from Tehran airport, and the Iranian uh, government was already very, very nervous about uh, the United States uh, because Iran did have a, a very uh, minor kind of retaliation of Soleimani's um, uh, assassination. Earlier this month, Soleimani, an Iranian major general, was assassinated in a drone strike authorized by President Donald Trump. The Iranians made a, a mistake. Uh, they shot the airliner down thinking that it might have been a U.S. Uh, attack on, uh, on Iran, and this increased tension again between the uh, United States and Iran. Iranian students who are here in the United States feel themselves really caught uh, in, a, uh, in a political battle that they had nothing to do with themselves personally. Beeman also added that Iranian students are likely to be nervous about their future in the U.S. This is something that Fada and Jung found in their reporting. For a lot of students uh, who have family in Iran, they're worried about uh, what will happen to their family can you talk a little bit about what you heard from students while reporting on this story? Um, it was hard getting a hold of students who wanted to talk to us, um, uh, namely like Iranian students, um, just because uh, they were fearful of being political. Um, but the student that I did get to talk to was very emotional about what was happening uh, and her experience as an immigrant, uh, an Iranian immigrant here in the U.S., and how that would be impacted by like these tensions. The student I talked to uh, was worried about visa cancellations um, since Iranian students have historically had trouble with visas. Uh, Iranian students uh, mostly get single entry visas, so when they wanna go home, they have to apply for another visa, and that's sort of like filled with uncertainty. Are they gonna be able to come back? Um, so it's kind of a risky move to take. Uh, so that was a concern. 
To learn more about how the university has responded to this conflict, Zhang sat down with Marissa Hildongre. She's the assistant director for the International Student and Scholar Services Office at the U and the director of the university's immigration response team. So when I talked to Marissa and she told me she had talked to a couple of Iranian students and they said they feel lonely and far away from home and they said they could do nothing about their own country and they feel really sad. So Marissa, uh, together with the ISSS and IRT at the university, sent a couple of emails to the Iranian students on campus to show their condolence and to say that we are here to support you. Along with sending out an email, the university also helped coordinate a memorial service to honor the 176 people who died in the Ukrainian plane that was shot down earlier this month. So on Wednesday, uh, an Iranian uh, graduate student uh, coordinated with International Student and Scholar Services to hold a memorial for the 176 passengers who passed away uh, after a plane crashed uh, when Iranian missiles accidentally shot it down while they were trying to strike a U.S. Uh, base in Iraq. Um, so... Our editor, Michelle, uh, attended the memorial, uh, and she said that there were dozens of people, both students and uh, other members of the Iranian community. So it was very sad, a lot of crying and emotions, uh, and just a lot of people worried about what is going to happen and when this, these tensions or what, kind of, what these tensions will come to. So how did you two become involved with the story? Um, so I was interested in covering the story um, because I was in, you know, the Southwest Asia and North Africa region uh, when Qasem Soleimani, the top uh, Iran- Iranian commander, uh, was killed by U.S. forces. And so it was kind of a big deal for us um, just because that region would bear the brunt of uh, what was going on Uh so, like, my family was really nervous about that, um, and my family also lives in the Gulf, and uh, the U.S. has been adding troops there. Um, so it was impacting my family in a way, and I was curious how it would impact Iranian students at the U and other students who come from the Gulf who might also be impacted by these tensions. When I talked to Beeman, he reiterated that students were definitely on edge. Uh, this, um, uh, this event has made Iranian students in the United States, extremely nervous. Uh, And as I say, there's been a lot over the last 40 years, there have been many situations where Iranian students have felt that they were under scrutiny by the U.S. government, that they were very nervous, that they were afraid that their visas might be canceled, they were afraid to leave the country for fear that they would not be allowed back in. Uh, And so this uh, this is the reason why the uh, the Iranian student population in particular has been uh, on pins and needles about this uh, situation. And here's what else you need to know today. A new proposed apartment complex in the Marcy Holmes neighborhood could offer more single living homes for students. 110 studio and one bedroom units to be exact. If the plan is finalized and approved by city council officials, the North Bay and DJR architecture project could likely be completed by 2022. A new food pantry opening up later this month in the law school will help combat food insecurity among law school students. 
The Mondale Kitchen will offer law school students 24-7 access to single-serving packaged food like granola bars. Fancy. I don't know if I'd qualify granola bars as fancy. They're pretty fancy. (laughs) Depends on the granola bar. (laughs) Along with that, university staff and faculty are working on a training program to implement a recently passed university policy that asks faculty to use students' specified names and gender pronouns. The training will take place in early February, and the university's Gender and Sexuality Center, which is implementing this training, is also talking to the Minnesota Student Association about potentially expanding this training to students. This episode is produced by me, Natalie Rademacher, and reported by Jessica Toledo. We were joined in the studio by Faramina and Zhang Li. The intro music for this podcast was produced by J.D. Duggan. We'll see you next week.